My name is Ami and I'm a British Indian. Growing up brown. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up. My name is Kyle Johnson. I'm an African-American and I think I will be taking over this podcast today. So you know what? Let's talk about race. That was that was great. That was awesome. I loved it. it was, that was so, so cheesy. So, so, so cheesy. But it was good. We did that in the first try, you know, after talking about it a little yep, bit. I was okay. impressed with that. All right. So, how are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. How are you, Kyle? I'm doing well. Is I am in Charlotte, North Carolina in the United States of America. It is a gorgeous day. Currently, it is 12 p.m., a nice 90 degrees. Which, which, which in Celsius for us here in the UK. Well, if it was 90 degrees Celsius, I think we, should, we would have some problems. Um, it is 90 degrees Fahrenheit right now. It's a gorgeous day outside, beautiful weather, great day to go. I actually just got done with a nice little workout and a walk and jog outside. Um, but yeah, how about you? What time is it over in the over in the UK? It is quarter past five, five fifteen. Sorry. So, Amy, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Like, just give me some details of who you are, um, your upbringing a little bit, um, your family, and just your overall experience growing up in the UK. Yeah, this this is very strange for me. I've been doing this podcast for a few episodes now, so it's weird having to be the one on the other side of these questions. But yeah, so I grew up in a very white area of the UK. I was definitely a minority. I am from Indian descent. Um, do you feel like being a British, specifically being a British Indian woman, has had his own unique troubles that um, some British Indian men will never have to face or think about. Yes, and it's the same, I think also because in Indian tradition, traditions, the male is so revered, like, so there's definitely sexism within Indian culture itself. But I I like to think that as, as a minority being British and Indian, that the men would also, you know, help too. But yeah, there's definitely a thing, especially when we talk about representation, that I think often women do get left out of it as well. It's almost like the men have to do it first. They have to pay the way. Like, that's been the narrative before. And that's definitely how it feels. I think... British in um, British Indian people have not to the same degree, but a little bit of the same context to a degree of what African Americans have to face. From the history of our race, we're African. From a cultural perspective and our upbringing, we're American. Mm -hmm. In this American culture, to a degree, we're not loved or respected. Uh, and then especially within the women, on top of all that is sexism. But yeah. segueing into that, I think a perfect topic of conversation with us is both of us are huge sci-fi and fantasy fans. I think, like, personally for me, like, my favorite genre is, like, going into, like, comics. So, like, I'm a huge fan of DC and Marvel, Star Wars, um, fantasy writing in terms of, like, you know, I was a big fan of, like, uh, Lord of the Rings, Chronicles of Narnia, Space Odyssey, you know, things of that sort. And growing up with that, and this is kind of a question I'm presenting to you, how did you feel you were represented? Represented. I know as a child, I didn't think second, I didn't think twice about it, about like, oh, seeing a, a black superhero, you know, it was just superheroes, they were cool, right? And that's what you expected. There was like, if there were black superheroes, there wasn't a lot of them, you know, they, you know, they were on the forefront of things, right? And then as you get older, you start to recognize like, hey, like I try to associate myself with these people, but we don't have any similarities or very limited similarities that I can relate to. Um, and I think that's even harder for being a woman and also being British Indian. What are your experiences within whatever realm of fantasy and fiction 
that you love watching, listening to, reading? Who have you seen that you really enjoy? What are some stereotypes that you hate to see presented when they're making these characters? And what would you like to see this progressed into into the future? A simple answer to is to saying what what can you see and what can you be represented for you? And the answer to that in this genre is none, literally none. There, I cannot think, I can only think of one, again, which is what I'm gonna talk about later, instance where there is, and you can't even, I can't even say Indian, it's always brown because we ask, um, a lot of Asian countries are, you know, sort of lumped together. It's sad because the reason why I find it the saddest, and it's, like you said, when you were a kid, you just didn't really recognize it. But being now, being more aware of it, and the reason why I'm so sad about it, and why it was my chosen topic today, um, is because sci-fi and fantasy was created for the outcast. It was created for the misfits. It was created for, in quote-unquote, you know, the nerds who didn't necessarily fit yeah. in at school. And... The fact that it's come from that and it's not representing everybody who feels like an outcast and particularly, you know, when it comes to race, it, it, that's what upsets me the most, I think, about a genre that I love so much and I've grown up with, you know, like on superhero movies and think, watching things like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings, like you said, all the way to the sort of like Star Wars um, and Star Trek. That's why it's, you know, it's quite sad for me. And it's interesting you bring up Star Wars because Star Wars is, Star Wars was my gateway to realizing my issue that I had with this genre. When I, I grew up in a house that loved Star Wars, my mum loves it, my, I have aunts and uncles who love it too. When I was growing up, I did love it too. When the the new new ones came out though the last i remember going to see the force awakens there's like this dislike for this genre just really re this franchise the star wars franchise triggered when i went to go see the force awakens and it annoyed me so much like people would ask me you know they'd be like oh, i mean you love you know you love star sci-fi fantasy what is it about star wars and i could never put my finger on it and it wasn't until actually a little bit later that i realized what it was and it was this it was that they're the female lead from 1977 in A New Hope all the way up to, was it last year where the, it was the Skywalker one came out last year, the, la, um, the last Skywalker. The female, yeah, the female lead has always been white brunette. You know, from Carrie Fisher to Natalie Portman to Daisy Ridley to even the ones that were smaller like Rogue One and um, Solo Star Wars um, film. They were all white brunettes. And even within the films, um, there was very, very little female representation, you know, particularly in the earlier ones anyway. But there was little to no representation of any women of any colour in all of these um, franchises. I know, I, I kind of gave up after um, seeing The Force Awakens, but I do know there is um, an Asian American actress in the, the newest ones. I don't know her name, because like I said, I haven't really seen the last two. But this really bugged me, because I was just like, this is such a big and obvious thing. Like when once it like clicked, I was like, all of these women, they all look the same. Why is it that all of the female leads in Star Wars, they have to have this certain look? Um, and it did get me thinking about, you know, sort of other um, examples and the, the amount of times you see in, you know, science fiction and fantasy, you do see the, the white brunette lead as the only way that can be like a, you know, the strong female lead. And for me, that's so important because 
when you're a woman, no matter what colour you are, you are always told that you are in this society where you're valued less because of your sex. Women, you know, have had always had this. So when things like the feminist movement came along, you know, the, the first wave and the second wave in the twenties and then in the sixties and seventies, um, and you know, how it was represented on screen with the sci-fi and fantasy, when when that comes along it's almost saying like okay so we can we can build women up we can um put women into these amazing you know female leads but they have to look a certain way and it's always it always has been in this genre that they have to be white um which is just sad because i think you first of all you cut like a whole market off you know i I very I don't I only know one other of my you know my black friends who also like superhero movies but I, if I spoke to quite a lot of my Indian friends who who are women they wouldn't like these genres because there's just they just aren't represented in them we're specifically within the realm I guess of well, let's keep it pretty niche like in the realm of like fantasy in that area, where would you like to see it and how would you like to see it intertwined? I mean, I know for me, I don't like it when it's just, there's these characters that have been made that were white characters and then like the movies come or whatever, they just they just change them to black characters. And there's nothing wrong with that per se. I think if an actor is good enough, they should portray the role, right? Again, it's, you know, the it's, it's all up to the freedoms of whoever's writing it and stuff. You know, I think, you know, if someone's good enough to play the role, like, yeah, if Zoe Kravitz, if she's good enough to play the role, I would love to see her as Catwoman. Even though in the comics, Catwoman's a, a white woman, but I think she can play the role well. But outside of that, I would like to see more original black characters. Like, it doesn't have to just be, you know, you know, remaking these white characters and change them into black characters, but give them original story arcs. And it doesn't have to be, you know, this stereotype of people coming from the hood, people being oppressed. There is black families who, you know, didn't grow up in poverty in a two-parent household without having to ever deal with drugs. But that's the narrative they always try to fit in it when they introduce black characters into it. So I would like to see more representation in a better life and mm -hmm. going out of stereotypes like i'm done with seeing us represented just as slaves or as hoodlums or someone who's who they're surprised is an educated person or like on the way out so that's for me from your opinion how would you like to see that integration and better representation of uh women of color within sci-fi and film and literature and or specifically indian women? yeah so i would love to see just a simple indian woman being the lead I'm not having this idea that she's come from an oppressed family. That's that is definitely always the narrative um, for Indian women that they've come, they've had to struggle against oppressed parents who want them to conform to traditions, which yeah. you know just happen. But I mean, me, I grew up in a house where we're very, very non-traditional. Doesn't mean that we don't celebrate our heritage. It just means that we, my parents, don't have never expected me to be a certain thing or act a certain way. It would be nice to have a female lead who can command a room and inspire, you know, the other characters within that that story who hasn't come from, who hasn't necessarily had to rise from parental oppression, I think is the main thing, who hasn't had to, who's obviously had to face adversity because I think that's usually a trope in a lot of the 
the leads just in that genre anyway but it would be nice to have you know a female just film female lead who's just just strong and particularly isn't sexualized um as well i think that's the biggest thing too is that very often and i know that there'll be white women who maybe listen to this and think in the same genre like a lot of women just in general are sexualized in this genre but when you're you're never seen as the female lead you you want that as well as to not be to be sexualized i think that would be what i would like to see particularly in fantasy because it's it's just never there we like uh, the biggest thing that i'm thinking of is game of thrones and the way that the sand snakes are often portrayed in game of thrones eliana i'm sure it's eliana um she's only there to oppose cersei's character she's only there as a as a reason to be like okay this is what motherhood looks like in relation to cersei so it'd also be nice to have a female lead who doesn't have to be in relation to another white woman in terms of superheroes and um i will say this now i'll say this very loud and very proud and i hope I doubt Kevin Feige is listening to this podcast, but I'm going to say this. Um, Marvel has not ever, and from what I can see from the new phase, will not have um, a superhero that represents me. There is there is no Indian superhero, in, no female Indian superheroes. They just haven't, like in their new phases, there is not a superhero that represents me in the, the MCU, which is sex i love marvel films there is a part of me that's angry that it took them so long to to have this diversity um even if it's not not to do with race i do remember in 2012 watching the avengers when it first came out and being like there's only one woman in this team um and even then again she sexualized and not even a real like a real main character and it took them so long to give her like a proper backstory too sometimes it does feel a little bit superficial like they're they're doing it because of you know the the black Lives matter movement and they're doing it because they they see this change but that's the cynic in me that's saying that too as well well i just looked it up and there is actually a short-lived indian version of spider-man really yes he, I think the issues only lasted for one year, but what I would love to see is in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse 2. Oh, uh, yes. Perfect way to introduce him into that. Yeah. Oh, he's so he's good. Really cool. But no, there, there really is not. It's like, let alone women, there's very few like legitimate Indian um, representation within Marvel Comics, DC Comics, or any other major comic stream for that source. So yeah, that's definitely something that needs to be, for, especially for a group of people that <laughs> hold such a large representation um, yeah. in the country, in the world. Um, yeah. And that's, I mean, that, that shouldn't be a reason at all. It's just, you know, you have fans and supporters of all races, all races, all backgrounds, all walks of life that should be able to feel representation. Um, mm-hmm. And that's very specific when, you know, for the majority of what you're selling to us is white faces. Like our heroes, like don't look like a lot of us. And especially like when your highest market is like young children and young kids. I mean, I started really getting into comics when I was like six or seven years old and it only got deeper every year. And I mean, it would have been so big for me to, you know, I mean like Black Panther, Static Shock, John Stewart's Green Lantern, Storm, uh you know those are all black lightning i mean those are all cool i'm, I'm really happy that for those superheroes i love those superheroes but why isn't there or, or cyborg too like why isn't there one on the level of a superman 
one on the level of a Batman. Mm. We don't have one on the level of like a Spider-Man or a Wolverine or a Hulk. That's just one group. I mean, that's not even talking about, like you said, like people of Indian culture or descent, you know, some Southeast Asian, uh, you know, Middle Eastern, uh, Native American, uh, other um, South American and Hispanic and Latinx cultures, you know, and then on top of all that, women also, like just yeah. women in general, but then women of those different cultures and races. So absolutely, I think, you know, Marvel, DC, everybody within those realms, if you want to represent the marginalized, the, the entirety of people in general who feel like outcasts, and those are the ones, those are the areas in the markets that you need to do better research in, reach out and correctly and correctly, appropriately and respectfully represent you are right they do need to come up with with new i think i think superheroes is hard to come up with new ones because uh, a lot of people want to see their their characters they love from the comics come onto screen yeah, but definitely in sci-fi and fantasy like why can't we see some some new faces on the screen being leads um and it also goes behind the scenes too doesn't it as well you know you can't have accurate representation on screen if you don't have it off screen like if you don't have black writers if you don't have an Indian woman writing um then she's just not going to be represented properly on the screen so moving on now to culture talk time this is where I get my guests to talk about a piece of pop culture that has inspired or resonated with them. What what have you loved within uh, pop culture, whether it was by representation, whether it was by message that was given across that just really kind of like stuck with you that you love to go back to or that's been a, like a kind of a pivotal experience in your life within the realm of fiction and sci-fi? That was Wonder Woman. So for me, the new Wonder Woman with Gal Gadot was life-changing on so many, life-changing, as much as a, as a superhero film can change a life. For me, that was like the film that just got me because, okay, Gal Gadot is, is Israeli, but as I've been saying, very often brown women get lumped together. So at least there was some brown representation on screen but it just it hit me on so many levels because one it was directed by a woman two like i remember coming out of the film and i saw it with you and i remember being like the car ride home be with a whole group of you lads and you were talking about something i think you were talking about sports and i lost interest and i was just like i I could i could beat any one of you up that's what i felt like i felt like <laughs> 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 that was how I felt after seeing that. that film. Not that I would do, because you're, you're all lovely, lovely guys that I went to go see it with. But it really was such a life-changing thing for me because I was like, well, you know, women can make kick-ass movies and can be amazing superheroes. And yes, she was beautiful. There was never... I keep talking about it, but it happens a lot. There was never a sexualized moment. In fact, there was a reverse reverse moment when she's like in the caves and she sees um, Chris Pine's character and he's like obviously in the tub. It was nice because it was the other way around. Usually it's like the woman that's in the, you know, skimpy bikini or is like, you know, naked in the swimming pool or whatever. So it was nice to have that that reversal to it. But she just like, she just was awesome in it, Gal Gadot was. And then obviously, you know, the fact that she was like pregnant during the reshoots as well, and she was doing all this different. I love was she really? Yeah, 
during the reshoots, they had to put like a green screen over her belly. She was seven months pregnant. So not what? even like start. She was seven months pregnant when they did the the reshoots or some of the um, crazy scenes. I never knew that. Yeah, there you go. And, like, and I was just like, everything about it. And I think, you know, it, it spoke to me on, you know, I remember going to see it with Lily, one of our um, white female friends, and she felt so, you know, kick-ass after it too. And like, that was this, this extra layer because because, Gal, because it was Gal Gadot who was brown as well. Um, and the fact that it was the first, it was the first female all-led superhero movie, one that was directed by a super uh, by a woman. I'm trying to think if there was another female superhero movie before, but the fact that it was, you know, all of these things about the women too, but again, that she was brown was amazing. Um, and I love the way that they portrayed the Amazon women too. They were very, like, very diverse and Whoa. they were very strong too, um, which is, which is why I loved it. It was, yeah. I literally had had the soundtrack. I would listen to, you know, that I can't even do it. That like, da, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, that like I would listen to it, and whenever I felt bad, it's like it's in my workout mix now. Whenever I'm trying to run or whatever, I listen to that song, and I just feel it was just such a good thing about it. And the fact as well, like that DC was failing miserably with it's whole, you know, bringing the Justice League together. And even, you know, the, even so after that, it got, went so bad. The fact that that was the film that was so great and was kind of able we'll to pull crazy. them up a bit. Yeah. And I'm really excited about the new Wonder Woman that's coming. Um, I mean, I agree with you a hundredfold. And to the men out there listening, I want to just say this as an example. What, because I remember when that movie came out, there was just so many, like, so much backlash and, like, negative comments on the fact that it was, like, a very purposely driven female-led film and directed film with, like, you know, female empowerment and strength put behind it. And there were so many men that, like, were offended by that. And, well, one, they're weak and they need to go get some fixed. But secondly on that is, you know, what I took from, what all men should take from it is this idea of women being weak and soft you know, over-emotional, you know, unable to handle stressful situations, able to take lead, able to be, you know, powerful and strong. And, you know, all these different attributes that we would, in a very misogynistic world, you know, associate to men, like women can do these things. There's there's nothing that says that a woman can't do these things, that a woman can't lead a battle, that a woman can't, you know, be the smartest person in the room, that a woman can't be the best at something in a room. Right. And that should be the normal. That shouldn't be something that intimidates you. That should be just like, you know what, that's, that's, that's what it is. And that's what it should be. And that's how it should be. And so even for me saying that, that was very, obviously it's not, it wasn't empowering to me as it would be for you <laughs> as a woman, but it was empowering to me to see that in a very well-made way. Like it wasn't this cheesy thing of just like trying too hard and like mm. trying to overcompensate for things, but it, it felt very natural as a superhero movie. Yeah. It's like, no, this is Wonder Woman. She's gonna come in, she's gonna do her thing. She's gonna do it with confidence. She's not scared of any, she's not scared of you, 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 or you. And how she cared herself. And like, she did it And like the, uh, the best part I liked about it is like, she did it not knowing what people are Earth group, like outside of Themyscira was. So like, you know, she didn't, everyone could have been equal in strength. She carried herself with this confidence regardless. Like no matter who she was facing, no matter who she was battling. Yeah. It's the confidence that she carried. And I think that visual representation of that can also instill that in other um, young girls and women 
to carry that same amount of confidence. In the end, women aren't weak. And when these misogynistic systems are torn down, it's not going to be good for men who are caught on the other side. And, and I, think, I think that's true to bring it to race too as well. It's, it's one of those things where I just keep thinking, you know, history is changing. We are heading in the right direction. We've got knockbacks to, that we currently have and, not, and setbacks that are going to be coming along. But the, at the end of the day, like when you see a lot of the movements that happen now, like with the Me Too movement, there was a lot of men, you know, that were being allies to women and, and also champion like yourself. Um, and with the Black Lives Matter movement, you're getting more and more white people involved than there have been before. So you can see that there's this progression changing as, as we open up the more dialogues about these difficult conversations, um, whether it's you know race, gender, sexuality, all of them. If the more that we're having these conversations, the more that we're teaching the kids. And I think that's particularly true in this genre with sci-fi and fantasy because sci-fi and fantasy is, yes, it can be very adult orientated, like, like Game of Thrones is, like just get to adults, but very often it's a family thing. Um, and, you know, Wonder Woman was one of these films where young girls were gonna go see this, this, sh this film and see themselves on this, the screen as, as powerful women. And when you get that, when you're teaching the kids this more and more, and the fact that again she wasn't whitewashed like she had been in the past white wonder woman you know she was very true to the fact that she was you know from and the amazons where they were in the world you get kids who are going to be watching this film who are gonna i mean obviously that film can only do so much but i think just in the wider perspective with kids learning more and more about just people who are different from them it's about equality it's about yeah. equality but more than equality righting a wrong and there's a great wrong done against a lot of people most specifically people of color and women yeah exactly and it, it is definitely changing now and i, I want i do want to see more films like wonder woman where it's diverse on all angles. It's diverse from the cast, from the director, from the writers, all the way, you know, the cinematographers, the, the people who are designing the costumes. I want to see diversity in, in every aspect of films like this, particularly when it comes to the writing as well, because the writing is, is again, is obviously not to be obvious about it, but they're the ones that shape the narrative. So to have diversity in the writer's room, I think, and with the, you know, the production, the, the producers and stuff, it will trickle down too. We're, grow we're teaching a whole generation of kids that there is more than one way, there is more than one superhero out there. All right, well, Amy, I think that is a perfect note to end on. Thanks, thanks Kyle so much for being the host. And also listeners, if you really enjoy Kyle's voice like I do and his opinions, he also has his own podcast with our good friend Cam <coughs> called Off Topic with Cam and Kyle. Definitely check that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, me and my, like Amy said, me and my friend Cam have a podcast, Off Topic, Kyle and Cam. Uh, a lot of the focus is on American sports, but we also do a lot of talks on um, what's currently been going on in climate in America, Black Lives Matter movement, some of the killings of African-American men country and just the overall uh, racist systems that are put in place uh, we try to talk about a uh, little bit of political stuff um, we keep it light with like we do love to do like subliminal lists really arguments and our biggest thing is that we're never able to stay on one particular topic so we kind of bounce around all over the
place. A little bit about myself real quick before we completely close out. Like I said, I currently live in uh, North Carolina in America. I am from, originally from New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I'm a chef by trade, a nerd at heart, big fan of comic books, superheroes, movies, uh, overall like kind of like a, a movie head. Um, huge sports fan, baseball, football, basketball, international football. Who's your team, Kyle? Who's your international football team? My team your, is your the UK football Reds. You never walk alone. Kyle is also my friend as well. I didn't just like research. Google, <laughs> Google African American men who can cover my podcast. We do well, go back for almost almost five years, but yeah. Um, and I was supposed to see Amy this October on a little European excursion that me and our friend Cam were doing, but that got canceled due to, uh, as we call it in America, the Rona. Um, yeah. Otherwise, not as known as coronavirus, COVID nineteen. Hopefully next year. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Amy. We did, we did, and it's still going on. We did what's called an Indian goodbye, which is where you say goodbye like 10 million times before you actually leave. Black people yeah. do that too. <laughs> yeah, definitely yes. a combination. Like maybe, maybe it's just maybe it's just a people of color thing then. But cool. Anyway, thank you so much, Kyle. Um and Stacy in North Carolina. Thanks for listening and to keep up to date on future guests, follow us on Instagram at Race Talk Podcast. Most importantly, don't forget to subscribe. Tell us what you think by leaving a comment. Until next time.